a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us today for Let's Get Moving. My guest today, Heather Fellows, who is a music therapist at the Huntsman Cancer Institute. And we're talking about how music heals the mind. And Heather, whether or not someone's in pain or in treatment or maybe just stressed out, music can just make a huge difference, can't it? Absolutely. So what happens with music? Why does it make such a difference in our lives? Why is it so important? Well, that's a really good question. Um, So we address um, kind of concerns that come up in cancer treatment, uh, everything from, like you mentioned, pain or emotional, you know, worry and uh, stress and those kinds of things. And the truth of the matter is is that music affects our brains and our bodies, um, whether it be through the vibrational component or maybe it's the lyrics that are affecting us. Um, we just find that connection with music. And so music therapists are actually trained to use music as a tool to help people um, to kind of address those kinds of issues as they come up. So is it specific to every person, what type of music you listen to, or, or how exactly does it work? Yeah, it's absolutely individual um, because the music that's important to me and that connects with me is different than the music that is important to you and that you connect with. And so a particular genre or a particular song uh, for everyone just is not as effective as if we individualize the process. So um, the way that it might work is that I would see a patient and I would find out what it is that um, is, number one, bothering them or the most concerning for them. And then I find out about their relationship to music. What is the music that they connect with and what feels right for them in the moment? So we are prescribing or coming up with music as intervention. And sometimes that looks like singing with them, um, analyzing lyrics with them. Um, sometimes it's more uh, of a relaxation session or we're engaging the patient as much as we can in the music by teaching them to play an instrument or putting a shaker in their hand so that they can just kind of naturally engage and and follow along. Um, And so there's a lot of different ways that we use the music here. Uh, But yeah, um, basically it's just, you know, making sure that we are doing it on an individual basis based on what the patient needs and what is going to connect with them in the moment. Yeah, music therapy has been around for quite a while. How do you kind of gauge the effectiveness of music therapy? What exactly do you see to know that it's working? So it's true. Music therapy has been around, I believe, since the 1950s. And it's just, I think, come into more popularity in the last probably about 20 years. But yeah, as far as how we gauge the effectiveness, we're looking specifically at outcomes. 
So just like any other medical treatment, what we want is do we want to see the result? We want people to feel better. And so whether that's decreasing their pain, decreasing their anxiety level, whether that is helping them to express themselves emotionally so they can kind of have that cathartic release and process. Uh, We, you know, sometimes even um, are engaging their families and helping families to open those doors of communication and processing um, and also have just those meaningful moments together. And so we're there to facilitate and support that. Um, We're looking at a multitude of outcomes and measuring those over time to see if what we're doing is working. And so we go by um, kind of those clinical reports, but also by the patient report. Um, And we just really believe in, you know, the patients know what's working for them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm wondering how the rest of us can use music in our lives to reduce stress or just basically to heal our minds. I mean, sometimes we're just so overwhelmed that it really truly is a a healing process. Yeah. And so... I think that people are generally very intuitively um, really good at choosing the music that's right for them in the moment. And so, and like I said, for everyone, it might be different. So if you're looking at something that you're just very stressed and you need something to help you to feel less stress, some people might say, well, go directly to that very calming music, maybe some Enya or something like that. And for some people, that might just not be the right thing for them because of the state of mind that they're in. They may just be too elevated for that. And so I think that choosing the music that feels right to you in that moment, but we are looking at things like a slower um, beat of the music is going to slow your heart rate, is going to slow your body systems, is going to prompt you to breathe slower. Um, So there's the music that maybe we need to keep in mind if some Something makes us feel very elevated, but what we really want is to feel calm, then maybe that music that works for us for that. And so, um, but music can be used, boy, everything from singing along, you know, to the radio on your way home from work to, you know, drumming out something on the table or just really dancing it out, whatever, you know, however you like to engage in the music and for whatever reason you feel like you need to use the music, um, it can be really effective for you. Um, Another example is I hate to do the dishes, so I'm going to pull out my, um, you know, Latin American beats, and that gets my body moving, and then I want to do the dishes. So it's just thinking of music as how can I use the music to help me to get from point A to point B. So what is the connection between the music and our minds and healing our bodies? That's a good question. Because when you're working Uh, with people who have cancer, this has to be huge, right? It's not just about relaxing the mind and emotional pain. They have physical pain. A hundred percent. And so, yes, and sometimes um, what we are there to do is to help them to distract 
from the pain, but also to um, engage. You know, when we're in pain, we are tense in our bodies. We're breathing shallow. We're doing things that actually make our bodies hold that pain even and even longer. And so if we can utilize the music to help a person to relax, release some of that stress and tension in their bodies through breath work, um, through, you know, even vocalizations, things like that, then we're, um, you know, able to help to release some of that tension, which in turn will release some of the pain. But we process music in multiple parts of our brain. And so one of those places is the place that we process pain perception. And so what we've found in the research is the research tells us that if we can get a patient very engaged in the music, um, that the music can actually mask that perception of pain. So they're more engaged in the music and less paying attention to the pain that's in their bodies. And so then they will describe that situation as that their pain has decreased because they were more engaged in the music. And by being engaged in the music and releasing the tension in their bodies, then they actually do feel less pain even after the music therapy session. So, yes, you're right. There is a very, there's a specific component to that, um, a neurologic piece. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Is there a specific connection or is there evidence that there's a connection between music and cognitive function or memory improvement or concentration? Yes. So, in fact, there, I I believe, is research for all of that. And everything that we do as music therapists is evidence-based. So we are taking what is in the research uh, that says that music therapy, the kinds of interventions that that are being um, facilitated in the research, we're pulling from that in order and facilitating those things in the hospital setting. So yes, they, there is a connection to all of those things cognitively. Um, people are using music for increasing memory, um, for increasing um, their ability ability to stay focused. Um, I used music for a long time in where I was working with patients with dementia or residents with dementia. 
and we were engaging in long-term memory um, and, you know, decreasing agitation and those kinds of things to help them to feel a little safer and more secure and, you know, more present with us with the music. And so, yes, um, there's a lot of research that will uh, support the use of music for all of those things cognitively. Hmm. I can just hear people going, okay, but how do I do that? How do I make sure that I'm improving my cognitive function with music? And is there a way to do that without having basic music therapy? Yeah, well, you know, I think that there's research that just backs, you know, the use of music in general. Um, But if you're looking for specific targeted outcomes, I would recommend working with a therapist um, to kind of pinpoint what those are and to be able to facilitate intervention to get you the outcomes that you're looking for. Right. It would have to be much more specific, I'm sure. Yeah. Just before I let you go, just talk about the role music plays in just our overall wellness and how we can use music to improve our everyday lives. For me, I'm a big singer and I'm a big believer in, you know, letting yourself kind of let go of all of those, oh, I don't know, filters and, you know, things that we put, getting engaged in the play um, side of things and allowing for some vulnerability and just letting things out. So I love to like promote the use of singing in our lives. And if you don't want anybody to hear you, that's fine. Like I mentioned, you could sing in the car, you could sing in the shower, but just, you know, having that release where you're actually actively doing something, music as the prompt, you know, and having that uh, energy release. Um, we exercise to music, you know, I, I couldn't run up a hill without my 80s power ballads, you know, <laughs> and so um, those kinds of things, using music as motivation, like I said, um, using my Latin American music to get me motivated to wash my dishes, um, you know, and then there's also using music to help calm ourselves, to help calm our minds, to give ourselves a moment of mindfulness and a moment of just um, clearing our minds and allowing for that break um, of all of the stressors in our lives. Um, We can use music and the words, the lyrics of the music that we really connect to. Sometimes music has, you know, says something that I don't know how to put to words, but man, that, you know, song really says what I feel. And so being able to kind of connect with the emotional component of those things can get us through moments of sorrow, can get us through happy moments in our lives, can help us to connect to other people. And so there's just a lot of ways that we can use music in our lives for just general wellness. But in my mind, I feel like we have to allow for the vulnerability piece and allow ourselves to get a little bit connected to that play side in our life. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the role that it plays, just nostalgia. I mean, uh, yeah. that p- a piece of music can just take you, transport you to just another time, another world. Yes, they say that there's only one other um, thing that connects us to memory more strongly, and that is smell, but music is number two. And so um, we use music a lot in our work to help people connect to, um, you know, a time and a place. And, you know, sometimes that's a happier time or a time that I remember better. Or, you know, sometimes we're doing music for a timeline of our lives. Um, music has, is very powerful at connecting us to memory. Who would you recommend to see a music therapist 
what type of people could benefit the most? So music therapists see, uh, you know, a range um, from birth to end of life. And so um, for any specific thing, I think that um, we're looking more at kind of helping people where they have some sort of deficit or some sort of thing that they're working on specifically, um, looking for an outcome for. So we're addressing all kinds of things uh, from uh, spirituality to emotional work to um, the physical side, cognitive side, um, you you know, and and connection with other people. And so have something that you're working on, um, you know, in therapy, or if you have a physical um, thing that goal that you're trying to attain. um, If you have a child that is, you know, seeing a doctor um, for a specific thing, or a child in school who needs a little bit of extra help, um, you know, there are just a lot of different uh, people that we see across a lifetime because music just seems to connect with people across that lifetime. So. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would like to add that maybe I haven't thought to, to mention or that you would like people to know about music therapy and its role in our lives? Um, I just am a huge advocate for um, not only music therapy, but just arts and health in general. I think that there's just a real um, need and a place for music and art and writing and those kinds of expressive fair outlets for us in healthcare and wellness and being able to kind of take charge of our well-being. And so um, I'm just just here to put a plug in for music and arts and health. All right. Thank you, Heather, so much for being with me today. All right. Thank you so much. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.